Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of the Unrealized Purpose Podcast. My name is Isaac, I'm here with Dalton, and we have a special guest on today's show, Warren English. Warren, if you wouldn't mind introducing yourself, telling people a little bit about you, and what you do. Absolutely. So I'm Warren. I am an online health and fitness coach. A little bit about my story is I, from the Caribbean, born and raised, I moved to South America to study for my uh, my pharmacy degree. After that, a little funny story in between there, 2018, my grandpa called me. He lives in America. And he told me that after I graduated from pharmacy school, I'm moving to America. I don't have a green card, so, you know, I, I thought this old man was going to Chino or something, but he wasn't playing with me. When I was nine years old, he put in an application to come to America. And almost 10 years down the line, he came through. And then 2020, I moved up here. I didn't even know. So I was very fortunate in that. But when I got here and I started working in the pharmacy world, healthcare, I quickly realized that just wasn't my speed. <laughs> my passion lies in, I mean, I got into healthcare because I want to help people, but there was many things that I saw while working in, in, in the practice that turned me off from it. One story in particular, there was a patient that rolled into the pharmacy and she regularly gets her diabetes medication, stuff, heart, heart disease, stuff like that. And one day she came in, she got her medication, mm-hmm. insulin, the glucophage, all that good stuff. And then she proceeds in the pharmacy to go to this ice cream section, gets the ice cream, comes back to the desk and buys the ice cream and proceeds to eat it, walking out. And she's, she's morbidly obese, right? She really does need the help. And it saddened me to know that yeah, I I didn't have, didn't feel like I had the power to really help her the way that I wanted to help. You know, dis- dispensing the medication is like slapping a bandaid on a crack pipe, right? You're trying to solve the pl- problem after the problem happens. You're reactive, right? Not proactive. So I decided to leave it all behind. Scary decision. Um, and go all in on the health and fitness journey. So uh, in 20... 20- at the end of 2021, um, I was actually in grad school at the time as well. I left that behind too. Um, it was long stories. Like, it was not a very happy person. I didn't like it. Um, I left all out and kind. And then at the end of 2022, I went all in on trying to be a health and fitness coach. Um, I started working in New York City as a trainer. Uh, I started posting on social media. I started educating people like that. I've started doing it online as of February, like officially. And then I've just been working on it ever since then. And um, here we are in 2023. I'm full-time online health and fitness coach and helping uh, lots of people around the world, literally around the world, improve their body, not just for, you know, the physical aspects, but, you know, it really does dive into everything, the mental, social well-being, health, even to be honest, sometimes the financial, you know, um, so yeah, that's, that's my story. <laughs> that's a really cool journey, man. Um, yep. it's so cool. Like it's such a cool day and age where you can actually work with people from like a different country and help so many people that, I mean, you'll probably never see in person. It's just such a cool thing. 
yeah, I'm, I'm hoping that that could change because, you know, a big part of what I do, I really do want to be able to connect the people that I do help. Um, I know that's one of the things that was really it's also missing in healthcare right now. Because when you go to the doctor now, you get like 15 minutes, he's looking at a computer screen, he's typing, he's tapping. Where's the real care? You know, that's that's lacking. So I, I, at some point in what I'm doing, I'm, I'm hoping to kind of bring bring more of that to the table. But for now, you know, everyone's all over the world. Remote work is like the popular thing. So it is what it is. But yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. What's uh? What's like, out of all the people that you've helped, is there like someone that stood out that like you could visually see the difference and you just, you just like, like at that moment you really realize like, hey, I'm really helping people with this. Yeah, I can. I mean, I can see that about most, <laughs> but um, well, good. Well, yeah, good. So there's physical differences. I mean, that's a given, like that's, that's one of the biggest parts of what I'm doing. You know, I want to be able to help, especially with people in the fat loss department. That's really, really big because just by dropping a significant amount of body fat, you are fixing so many problems, the back pain, knee pain, the self-confidence, the lack of energy, you know, the, the fatigue, all of these things, the brain fog, just by being able to control what you put in your mouth and move a little bit more and drop that body fat it's fixing a lot of problems um so that's a gimmick physical changes are a gimmick but i could say from my experience and with my healthcare background one of the most you know, fulfilling parts fulfilling transformations that i've been a part of is with a client uh who i connected with sometime last year and uh he was in another fitness coaching program and uh, unfortunately, it didn't really work out that well for him. So he was a bit hesitant. But, you know, I, I, I met this guy and I was like, I'm, I'm a genius. So following up with him, kept following up with him. And eventually he joined the program in January. And man, not only has this guy completely it, you know, transformed his view on the whole getting fit thing, because before the coach, unfortunately, was just giving him a lot of exercises that we're not in his department. I mean, he's a big guy, 290 pounds. He's diabetic. Um, he st struggles a little bit mentally as well. He was an ex-Marine. So, you know, there's some some mental aspects to it as well. And um, the way that I got to help him is, you know, the connection part of things. And that's something that's really important, I think, is missing not only in the health and fitness space, but also just generally in healthcare practice. Uh, there's a lot of moments where, uh, I would be able to hop on a call with him and he'd share his experience with me. He shared his struggles. We'll be able to identify some of the triggers because a lot, a large portion of what happens when you are struggling in, in, in your journey to better health, especially with the eating is emotional eating. You know, when you're stressed out, what are you trying to for comfort it's food? So being able to have the conversation with him and walk him through why those things happen and have him realize that and then try to make some interventions to overcome it um, really did dial it in for him. And, you know, we got him to a point where he, his blood glucose is on control. Um, he's able to uh, 
increase the amount of checkups that he has with his doctor because he's no longer at much risk and he's even in the conversation of getting off his medication. So, you know, hearing stuff like that really gives me a lot of fulfillment because I'll tell you what, um, in, in fitness, people don't look at it from like, I'm earning something. This is just a lot of effort time what i'm really hearing from it like i spent some time doing my job or whatever but the amount the average american pays five thousand dollars a year in diabetes medication they pay around two thousand dollars a year in blood pressure uh and or heart disease medication so if you if you total all of that up getting these problems away from you getting yourself off of these meds is saving you in the long term we're talking five to maybe fifteen thousand dollars a year, you know. So, uh, with him, you know, it's another big part of the reason why it's really fulfilling with him. Is he's got a family, he's got a wife and kids that he loves, and um, he, he he's just really grateful for being able to take care of himself so that he could better take care of that. And that's uh, I think that's that's probably the biggest reason why I, I, I or think he's one of the most fulfilling because I have, you know, there's other clients that I have are coming off diabetes medication and stuff like that. But, um, the purpose behind why he's doing it, right? We're talking about an unrealized purpose. Purpose behind why he wanted to get himself in shape and fit for being there for his wife, for his family, being the strong one, because he does struggle somewhat mentally. Um, being able to help him get there is really fulfilling. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. The, uh, I've, I've done all, I've done several like fitness apps or fitness programs online where it's like you download the app, pay for it. And then you quit after a week. Like, yeah, it was always, yeah. it was always, there was no connection. It was like you said, there was a disconnect. Yeah. It's the connection, the accountability, all that. You know, that's what really helps. Mm-hmm. Yeah, accountability is so big. Um, but, yeah, I'm I'm kind of curious, man. Like, how how detailed do you uh, encourage yep. people to get when they start yep. setting their their goals, like trying to get healthy? Yeah. So when starting out with your goals, I would actually go against being super detailed. Where like you know you need to track everything to absolute team you need to make sure that you're you know waking up exactly this hour and doing this five-step routine and like tracking all the micro data and stuff like that it's it's the reason why i'm against it is because when we're thinking about it from a human behavior perspective in order for you to change what do you want you want positive reinforcement you want to get quick wins so in order for you to have that, I need to give you a low barrier to entry. So when I start someone off, especially when it comes to fat loss, the primary things that they're focusing on are super simple, depending on the individual, right? Number one is always going to be just keeping control of your calorie intake, right? So whatever amount of calories you need in order for you to be in a deficit, in order for you to drop fat, right? That is your one and utmost priority. The second thing would be movement, right? So well, a minimum amount of steps that I would start people off with is like 5,000, depending on the individual, because some people, they don't need 
in the day. You know, I've had clients who come in and they average like two, 4,000 steps. So with that, like, again, we want to have them have those quick wins in order to change that behavior. So um, somewhere around 5,000, but 8,000 plus is really the ideal. And then the next thing that comes after that, getting your protein intake on point. Um, and those are the big levers. Pretty much everything else that comes after that, aside from sleep, sleep is also a very important thing. Um, everything else that comes after that is where we're really looking to optimize um, and get you to that point where maybe you're you're at where I'm where I'm at, you know, someone who has pretty much mastered the old realm of of, of health and Norman herself really, really well. Okay. Awesome. So simple, yeah. achievable, get that momentum going. Okay. Awesome. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Hey, something you mentioned earlier, if you don't mind, if we hop back a little bit. Um, yeah, sure. And, Cause I think this is actually like, I know I, I struggle with this. Um, and so I thought maybe you'd have a few other different ways. And I think a lot of people struggle with this is you said that, uh, you know, some of your clients, they lose a lot of weight and they lose the fogginess up in their head. Um, or like their cognitive, um, being yeah. able to go through the day and not have fogginess. What are some of the things that, that you've noticed doing fitness that, that take away that fogginess or that cause the fogginess? So brain fog can be boiled down to some amount of, let's say, like lack of, of energy to some extent, lack of energy happening in your brain. And so your brain's a little bit slow and it's not running at the speed that it should be. So I'm going to break this down on a biological level, right? So if you want your brain to function at a high level, what are some things that your brain, so your brain, first of all, it means blood flow. Right? So if your blood flow to your brain is not good, then that's it's going to be a problem. How can we increase blood flow? How can we increase your, your body's ability to pump blood? Doing some cardio, right? Dropping some weight. Simple as that. So that's the first thing. The second thing is your brain definitely needs glucose for energy, right? Now, if your blood glucose is significantly low all the time, um, then that there is also going to be a problem that's causing you to have that increased energy. Now, I don't think that's so much of an issue for people who are higher body weight, um, but that that can also be a part of this whole brain thing. And the moment you have maybe sort of like an energy drink with a little bit of sugar in it, uh, your energy gets back up, right? And then the last thing, a big factor, I would say, is the nutrition. Getting your micronutrients because... The brain primarily it is built on, um, I want to say, the electric transport, right? It's built on having the nervous system pulses and whatnot. So you need to be able to have your minerals that are necessary for that. We're calcium, magnesium, potassium, sodium, primary, and then all the other vitamins and minerals that would be added onto that that are essential. Once you're hitting those then you should be and pretty much in my opinion well this is what i do right of course it's better to eat like a diverse range of foods get your blueberries your liver whatever it is but get a multivitamin just to cover your bases and now really be good um and then you know i lie one last thing to pay attention to would definitely be sleep now, a lot of people you could have all the caffeine in the world you have your nutrition on point as much as you want you can work out as much as you want if you get 
you, you, it's going to be very well, difficult to avoid the brain fog, right? Because your, your brain needs that. Mind you, these things are super important still, but sleep, sleep is definitely going to be um, the limiting factor in the long term. Awesome. Thanks for that. Appreciate that. I'll be trying some yeah. of those. Yeah, absolutely. Just out of curiosity, which one, which one of those do you think might slack? You know, like at first I thought it might have been my sleep, and so I would try to sleep longer. And then sleeping longer caused me to be less motivated when I got up. And so <laughs> I yeah. had that problem. So I was like, okay, well, I can't sleep that long because then I feel like my day got away from me. Um, but probably like the mineral mineral water, like a mineral water or probably like a vitamin, a, a daily vitamin would probably help me. Um, yeah. I don't take like a lot of medications. So um, I don't even take Tylenol when I get a headache. I just pain through the headache. So, yeah. um, but, uh, yeah, I think, I think those two probably s stuck out to me the, the most. Um, yeah. so yeah. and probably That's just like, idea. probably just like in the morning, like getting up and, and really moving, like doing a few push ups or something to get the blood flowing. That's probably, probably a good idea to start there. So I that's kind of what I took from it. But all right. That's exactly uh, why I recommend getting yourself a nice little pick me up in the morning, exercise me, coffee, whatever it is, man. Um, that does wonders. How does uh, fitness contribute to personal growth and self-development? What, what are some, some things you've noticed? So the way that this contributes to your personal growth and self-development is that it is a form of being able to create evidence for yourself. So when you start a fitness journey, you are an amateur, right? And um, you're going to have to learn the ropes. You're going to have to learn how to do the exercises. You're going to have to learn about nutrition. You're going to try, you're going to fail, but you're going to have to keep consistent. You have to be persistent in order to see the changes that you want. Right? It's not something that you can shortcut. It's not something that you can have a cheat code. It's not something that it's uh, <laughs> overnight success is possible. It's something that you have to do the work. You have to show up. And when you get the results, it's undeniable. So how does it build your self-development? Well, what when you look at someone who has a high-quality character, someone who's disciplined, what do you think builds a person with discipline? Um, a disciplined person is probably very patient, very persistent, right? They're very emotionally mature. Emotionally mature. So if you want those character traits, you're going to have to put you through situations that are going to have to make you patient. They're going to have to make you persistent. You're going to have to make you more emotionally mature, right? So um, when you do exercise, that's that's building on all of those things because you're never going to get the result if you quit, right? You're going to feel like you want to stop when you're doing a run, when you're in the middle of a set. Emotionally, it's going to tell you, no, this hurts, stop. But you're going to have to keep pushing. So it's going to help you be in more control of your emotions. You're going to be more, more emotionally mature, right? And obviously, it's not going to happen overnight. The body I built now, I've been building for 14 odd years, right? So you're going to have to be patient. Like, there's no way around it. So all of those character traits, which are required for your ability to be disciplined, right? It's going to build your character because you are developing those characters, 
right? So that I think is where the real benefit of fitness lies to your self-development. And the beauty of it is that that can then be put into every other area of life. It mm -hmm. is relevant to business. It is relevant to your fitness. It's relevant to your health. It's relevant to your relationships, even, you know? So yeah, that's, that's the answer, man. We know it, it's just the whole journey of it. It, it puts you in that position where you're going to have to do it right. Unless you quit, you, you'll end up there. As long as you don't stop, as long as you keep pushing, you're going to end up with that, those, those character traits that's going to build your character and uh, ensure that you end up as a disciplined person. I, I like that. I think there's a reel that's been circuit you know, circling around the <laughs> internet where it's like um, the gym, the, the audio says something like the gym is the only place where the playing field's even. The amount of work you put in is exactly yeah. the amount of progress yeah. you get out or, you know, and yeah. you can tell. Yeah, there are people, I've seen people get plastic surgery to get abs, and it's not oh, the same. Like, it's not the same. It's not the same. It's not the same. And then you know, like, why? Why, why do we have a fit body? Why is a fit body necessary for us? It's, you, say from an evolutionary basis, you know, if a woman is selecting for a partner who is capable, right? She wants someone to protect her, right? Or you, you're looking for, uh, I don't know, like a family group. You're looking for who is the person that we can rely on to beat up the bully or whatever it is. You don't, you know, you're not going to pick the guy who has like, I don't know, fake abs and oil muscles and stuff like that. That's not, it's defeating the purpose, you know? So it's something that you have to earn and trying to have all these shortcuts. It's taken away from, from exactly what you would expect character that is required in order to get there in the first place. And eventually that's going to lead down to a path. So yeah, I'm right there with you, man. The weight loss surgeries. Not, I always like to say, uh, a twenty uh, ten thousand steps a day is worth more than a twenty thousand dollar weight loss surgery. You know, so <laughs> just to put that in perspective, ten thousand steps a day is free. You know, so do with that what you will. Yeah. yeah. Awesome. <laughs> what are some of the? What are some of the? Uh things that you find in people that seem to be like their biggest barrier uh, between moving forward to to starting to get healthier um, and into better shape? What's what's the number one biggest barrier, or maybe top three, top three biggest barriers you see in people? It's a good question. So when people are starting a journey to improve their body, there's levels of change, right? There's a process of change. It's like a behavior change. The first part of the cycle is awareness. Do you even know that you have this problem? And I think there is a certain ideology in the current world where it's, it's actually normalizing unhealthy, right? So a lot of people aren't even aware that being overweight, being obese, it is a problem. I think so that could be one, right? The second part is when you actually become aware, like how ready are you to execute? And that's where information comes in. So if they don't know what are the same, the steps to take that would 
give them the highest probability of success. Unlike some of the fat diets, a lot of people would try because it's like quick wins, whatever, like keto, vegan, the carnivore, not, not put pulling on these things, but if you want sustainable success for the long term, these are probably just based on statistics. It's not your best bet. More flexible approaches is what necessary and a little bit more customized to the individual. Uh, that's why I've had most success with personally and with my clients. So I advocate for it. Um, so that would be the second thing. Having the knowledge and the education. And then the last thing that I think gets in a way for people is the consistency. Because um, once they get started, they it's, it's hard for them to keep up and maintain the momentum that they built initially. And if I can look back on all the people that have started, they've seen significant progress and significant success, and they stopped, it's it boiled down to them not having, I would say, the right environment. And it makes it very difficult to change if you don't have that right environment. If you don't have people who are supporting you in your circle towards those goals, or even if they're holding you back, they're telling you, oh, no, you don't, you don't need to get in shape. You know, you're fine. Love yourself just the way you are, whatever. But the thing is, like, deep down, and how this happened, deep down, the individual, they know that for themselves, they, even even though this person says that, they know that they, for they themselves, they're not happy. Um, but, you know, the toughest part is um, just being able to overcome, and it takes sheer willpower, to be honest, that the, the naysayers or the people who are telling you to conform to what we consider average, you know, what is the norm? Um, instead of taking yourself to that higher level. And one thing that I, I, I've built into my system just to help with that process is a community. So with my clients, you know, we have a community aspect where you are surrounded by the people who are just like you who want to get fit for their careers, for their family for themselves just to feel more comfortable in their skin for their confidence, you know, and everybody, they have conversations around those things. You build connections around those things because you ever heard that saying, you are the average of five people that you spend the most time. If you spend time with people who are complacent, who are satisfied with where they are in life, who are pretty much surround yourself with four or five people, most, most likely you're going to become the fifth one, right? The same habits that they have, the same foods that they're eating. If you're not hanging out with them, you're going to the McDonald's, right? That's where they're going to want to meet you. You're going to want to meet you in the cheesecake, the cheesecake factory, whatever, right? That's where they hang out. They want to go out on the weekend and drink. That's where the social bonds are created. So if you want to move away from that, it's a tough thing. It's hard. You have to break those relationships because it's not in the interest of where you want to go in your life, right? But Everyone has to decide for themselves where they want to go. And then from there, they'll take take action towards whatever direction they see is best. So it is what it is in that case. Yeah, that's a sucky part of it. Sometimes you have to cut off people that just, you know, continually want to 
indulge in bad habits. Um, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Because willpower is only so strong, man. Um, it's, it's actually a finite resource. Just to get a little nerdy here with it. Um, the part of our brains that is responsible for discipline or what you would call like executive functioning, you know, like when you're consciously making decisions, you're choosing to do something and you're not just like unconsciously, oh, I'm hungry, reach for the snack in the, in the, in the drawer or whatever. It requires a lot more energy. And the more you use it, it's like a muscle. The more you use it, the stronger it gets, but it, it, it is a finite resource. So if your environment, it's like, you know, you are just surrounded with Afi Tafis and lollipops all day, <laughs> right? No, no matter how strong your will is, at, the, at some point you might, just on a statistical level, you are more likely to break your will and end up snacking on whatever it is. So um, it's, it's a tough game to play, but your environment's important and you do have to protect that energy, that literal energy, right? <laughs> that mental energy. So if you got to cut some people off, man, you know, um, if you have to distance yourself, let's say, I would really like cutting people off. But if you do have yeah. to distance yourself, it is what it is, you know? Yeah, that's a yeah. good way of putting it is distancing yourself. Not, I don't like cutting anybody off, so. Yeah, I'm a nice guy. I I, I don't I don't, <laughs> I don't particularly like the whole cutting cutting people off thing. Um, Maybe, maybe to my to my detriment sometimes, but um. Yeah, it's, it's definitely necessary for you to at least know your boundaries and distance yourself when you have to. Yeah. I like the cutting, like not, not, not cutting people off, but like distancing yourself because like they may not be where you want to go or they may not be in the same headspace pursuing that yeah. personal development fitness journey. But down the road, they see your progress. They want to hop on board. Yeah. Exactly. They're just not at your level of awareness yet. That's all it is. You know, you're, you're, you're seeing, you're at a different level of consciousness. Sounds a little cliche, but <laughs> you're at a different level of consciousness and you're ready to change. They're just not there yet. And, you know, that's okay. Um, is it okay? It, it's, I, I don't know if to say it's okay, but I just want to say that it's, it's something that, you know, it is what it is. And like, you have to take responsibility for what you can control. Whatever is not in your control, just don't flex out about it. So, um, it is what it is. I feel more comfortable saying that than rather than it's okay. Because for me personally, I if I have someone who's near and dear to me and they're they're not ready to change, I don't think it's okay. But you know, I have to accept it because what what can I do? I can't do the work for it. You know. Yeah, the only thing you can do is is to choose to live by example. Exactly. That's the most maybe powerful. They'll follow thing. along. Late from yeah. the front. And a lot of these questions that I've got here are like, we've already been talking about them throughout the, mm -hmm. from the pod already. So yeah. that's so yeah. good. Um, they, they, I mean, it's, it, the questions are great. I think, um, I'm not, do you guys like listen to any other podcasts? I think if you, you have a little bit more of a conversational way about going about it, just kind of like slap around different topics. I think that might add a lot of, um, I want to say, uniqueness and and value. Kind of like a, I want to say, because if you look at the top podcasts, Joe Rogan's, the Andrew Huberman's, 
Jordan Peterson's. They do have somewhat of a framework, but it's very conversational for the most part, you know? Yeah. 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 And I think, I think that's kind of where we're at with it is like, we're, we're working yeah. at becoming better at it as we go. Uh, you know? Yeah. I'm, yeah. I'm a pretty young guy, you know, and, and doing this sort of thing and having the platform that I do is I'm, I'm still working through it and trying to become better. Um, so hopefully in a year, this, this podcast will just be like really killer, but yeah, where we're at right now, we're going to just kind of work through it and become better, take feedback. And, and I, I like uh, your suggestion there. So, um, I mean, that's why we have experts on podcasts like you. It's like, uh, we get to listen to what you have to say, even though we may not know the answer to all these questions. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. Anyways, oh. so back to the questions. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm just joking. <laughs> no, um, actually, there was there was something that I was kind of uh, uh, interested in is is your thoughts on like dopamine and serotonin and and the chemicals that are released in the brain. Um, like, just do you, do you like do you do a lot of like research when you went to pharmacy school into any of that? Um, yeah. So. What I learned in pharmacy school is that those hormones are super <laughs> super, okay. super common, right? Um, dopamine, serotonin, all these different things, they, they do play a role in your mood, your happiness, and whatnot, or your feelings of happiness, I would say, your general state. However, they are also they have many different uses in the body right just like one formal for example like serotonin like we know that it has implications in um implications in depression for example that's why you have the ssris those those depression medications i believe like um i forget what the name is but you know what i'm talking yeah well but serotonin in the stomach and a lot of people mix the frost but in the stomach there's a medication that targets serotonin, right? That are actually just preventing acid from being released, right? And that's the role of serotonin in the stomach. And a lot of people think that there's this big gut-brain connection that they get so confused about. So I don't have, I want to say, like any groundbreaking mm-hmm. opinions on these things. <laughs> With dopamine, I mean, uh, one thing I know, I, 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 I have read about dopamine from Robert Sapolsky. He wrote this amazing book, one of my favorite books on human behavior and uh, the biology behind human behavior. And one thing about dopamine, a lot of people think that we get dopamine as a reward for achieving something, but apparently dopamine also, either also or the actual thing is that it's more the anticipation of the reward that uh, it really drives the behavior with dopamine. So when when you're working towards something, when you have a goal and you have purpose, you're working towards realizing that purpose, right? That is where the dopamine really surges. And that's what keeps us going. That's because like, why, why do we as humans, why do we want to achieve anything? What makes us motivated to do that? And if you think about outcome, let's just look at outcome. The outcome is that 
we are goal-directed individuals. Like, why are you starting this podcast? Why did I start this? Because we have goals. So is it that we achieve, we pursue the goal because we, um, is it that we are, the dopamine is coming because we are achieving the goal? Because when you achieve the goal, like that's it. There's nothing else, right? Dopamine is still going. And so it's about the pursuit rather than the actual achievement. Um, dopamine has the big role in, as far as I understand, as far as I remember. And maybe botching that up a little bit, but <laughs> that's that's where my memory goes. I do remember that graph. There's a, a graph where you, from this one research paper, and when you were looking at it on the graph at the bottom line, this is like time. And then as you are anticipating and you're working towards that goal, the closer that you get to actually achieving it is where your dopamine levels are at its highest. And then right after you achieve the goal, it shoots back down. Right? So like Achieving the goal isn't really adding that much to you. The pursuit, that's where the dopamine really rises. So, Yeah, I've heard that before where it's it's not, it's in the pursuit rather than the actual achievement. The actual achievement. Yeah, exactly. And I think that's that's why people say fall in love with the journey. Find something that you can be obsessed about and chase and pursue. Yeah. And just another tangent, I, I... so when I first moved to America, I had a mentor. He's a um, he he's doing his PhD. I think he's done now at Rockefeller University in New York, and he, he's a neuroscientist. So we were having a conversation, and um, I was talking to him about dopamine. And you know, when you when you look at it, because in it ha- the other roles that it has, for example, is in um, this disease. Um, forget what it's called, Parkinson's. So in Parkinson's, there's uh, drugs that are um, like dopamine. Um, They're mimicking dopamine in order to have the con- continuity of behavior. Because for, for whatever reason, like when the the dopaminergic pathways are messed up, uh, the the you have that that instance of of having um what do you call it um. Parkinson's, right? So when you're shaking and stuff like that. So I question whether dopamine, uh, the role of dopamine primarily is more continuity in the brain rather than like this reward thing. So it, instead of looking at it as, oh, this is dopamine, it's this thing that is really uh, there to reward us. It's more about having continuity of behavior because if the reason why you're shaking like this in Parkinson's is because the dopamine uh, circuit is kind of like parsed off when you're getting like little surges or whatever right but if it's continuous then you're able to flow in movement like, continuously so perhaps perhaps hypothesizing i don't know anything right and i'm not a neuroscientist i, I don't do deep research on this but um just based on that and then thinking about okay if i want to continue this behavior i actually have to be interested i have to have a goal and then i'll do it then you know if if that's the case if we're not getting if we have no attachment to the end goal, then we don't care to do it, and we don't do it. There's no dopamine there, so you know, maybe that might be something. Who knows? Yeah, I got some thoughts on that, but man, I'm uh, I don't know. I don't know where my head's at right now. I'm just like all over the place. <laughs> yeah. Well, but, what thoughts you got? Oh, just you know, just on that that dopamine and its correlation to 
pursuing and chasing. Yeah. And chasing something. So, <laughs> like, how yeah. it relates to fitness. Um, mm-hmm. Because we feel like we get a lot of enjoyment and pleasure from waking up in the morning with a six-pack or waking up in the morning with the Lamborghini in our driveway. <laughs> yeah. But the actual, the actual, like, enjoyment is from finding some sort of enjoyment in chasing yeah that six pack chasing that enough money to buy that car or whatever and that's like where that's the biggest driver is like when you find that that thing that can take you there that goal you know and then you can just work towards it yeah that's that's where that sweet spot where that maybe maybe that's where you get flow more continuously is because you found that thing yeah i would agree i would agree i think definitely think that's how it works um because i could remember for myself when when i was at the peak of my fitness journey it's more like 2019 i would argue since 2019 i have i haven't gained any bonus like i've just been maintaining the whole time um i remember getting there then uh, I finished doing like this fitness contest and I was just thinking to myself because I was I had a lot on my mind with the move to America having to restart almost again because I felt like I had to restart first time as well moving from Antigua which is like a small little island in the Caribbean you could drive at that in 40 minutes small place and but it's very homey because it's so small. So like, you know, everyone, uh, and then I have to move to South America where I knew basically no one I had fun, like grandparents, you know, I'll tell you that we didn't really know anybody. So I thought we start, um, and then I start when I moved to America again, but anyway, that's, that's a little bit of time. So the reason <laughs> that I was, um, what I was getting at with that point, me ending my muscle building journey there is that after a while, you know, when you got to a point where you've attained a very admirable physique, like where I'm at, I would say that I'm at that point right now. I just get to a point like, you know, why am I even trying to build more? Because I was like in a muscle building phase. Like that was my whole thing. Um, I think that's something that kept me going while I was in university, you know, study, you go to the gym, work out, whatever. Um, then I guess it got to a point, like, why am I still going? Uh, what's, why am I still trying to build more muscle? Why am I pushing myself this hard? And then the moment that I started to question it and it was no longer the goal, I just stopped and I didn't cheer you, right? And I actually stopped working out for a while. This is when COVID, like, just hit and stuff like that. I, I, stopped, I stopped lifting weights. So, you know, I don't feel like doing this. I just started running. <laughs> and I started running because, you know, I was like, man, you know, I haven't run in such a long time. This feels good. I started doing it more. I saw at first, like, I swear, swear to you, I, I couldn't do more than five minutes. I've had run in so long. <laughs> it's ridiculous. But um, I I just started doing it and it felt good. I don't, yeah, I'm going to do more running. Eventually, I was able to do mile, two miles. Yeah, keep going. I could right now. I could run a TED K on the spot if I if I felt like it. And the goal changed for me. The goal changed for me. Really, I like I didn't get dopamine from like this muscle building. You know, really pushing hard and gym. You know, pushing myself to the point where 
shit you not like that. Well, excuse me. Um, pushing myself to the point where you know you'd get you almost have like it's moments where you're blacking out in the gym how much force I'm trying to exert you know just pushing my body um just didn't care about any of it anymore none dopamine was gone it wasn't nothing was keeping me going and then it shifted so you know I, I like how I look I'm glad that I went through that but I no longer want to continue putting myself through that. So, and it was hard, right? But the only reason I kept going because I had this goal, then I got the goal. I no longer, you know, no longer had had the pursuits for it. So, you know, I think that's a good story to kind of correlate what you're saying. It was a hard journey. The only reason that anybody would partake in that is because you would have a goal. You have some amount of drive towards it. That's where the dopamine. The moment that I was like. Why am I doing this? I like my body. I, I don't want to build any muscle. Like I'm fine. And I want to focus more on being healthy, maintaining this. All of that disappeared. I stopped doing it. Right. And anytime, like you, you cannot get me in the gym and put me through a workout that I did back then. <laughs> I would not go through the therapy. I, I, I put myself through a lot, um, in order to build where I have right now. And I would not like to continue doing it again. If give me some other hard stuff. Like you want me to work a 16 hour day working on the business. You want me to, you know, do some Muay Thai training, um, trying to try to get better at my striking, my kicks, whatever. I'm for it, but I don't care about building. <laughs> do not. So, um, you know, it, it shifts and it changes. And at some point, you know, I'll probably not care about some other stuff too. So yeah, I'm, I'm with you, man. Yeah. I can definitely see that 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 journey and in my life in multiple places. I mean, especially with like the fitness side. Like my goal this year was to lose twenty pounds. I lost the twenty pounds. Goal was to drop another twenty pounds and I dropped another twenty pounds. Now I'm here, I'm like, all right. <laughs> next the next little little goal here. Um, yeah. and then so gotta mentally realign, start working, you know. Get yeah. get that general yeah. goal and start working and building that. Yeah. Again. Anyways. Um. Yeah. I mean, it's it's been fifty minutes. I don't want to take up the whole day, but uh. Yeah. 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 I think we've been going for a while now. Um. I mean, how, how do you, how do you end off on here? Um. I can ask. I got one more question. I think it'd be really cool to ask, and then we sure. can. Uh, do the connection. Dalton, did you did you have a question you wanted yeah. to ask? I want to make sure you get. Um, no, get actually, he hit it right there at the end. I was going to ask him how much he enjoys running, <laughs> and then he was like, "Now I run." So, because um, normally that's kind of how it is. Is like, I, or at least I've experienced that. Like bodybuilders that are in the gym, like trying to pump as much weight as they can. Like normally they hate running, or they just don't yeah. run at all. And so I was about to ask that question because, like. I used to run a lot of times, like release stress, and and I felt really good after running. It did nothing for muscle growth, uh, per se, other yeah. than maybe my legs. Um, but yeah, so that was yeah. I mean, you just answered it, so yeah. You, go ahead and take it away, Isaac. I, I work pretty fast. Like running is still a very difficult thing, but I, I, I enjoy it. Reason being that it kind of gives me the same feeling 
or I would do like a really hard set back back day. It's a feeling of accomplishment. And then also another reason why I do it because I have the knowledge that cardio is actually one of the best things that you can do for your lifting weights is great for the brain as well. But generally speaking, like doing some some swimming, uh, any aerobic or generally speaking, it's one of the like almost like steroids, right? So that keeps me going because with where I'm at in my life, the mental performance is like chief. So it's it's uh it's tough, but there's a reason behind it. As long as there's a good reason behind it, I think I'll keep. Um, yeah, so my question was, you know, when, when people start on their fitness journey, what are some of the, just a couple of the biggest mindset shifts that you see people make that keeps them going or, you know, yeah, I mean, I guess keeps them going. Like maybe they started out and it was very difficult, but they made some mindset shifts and they're still going. Yeah. So for... I want to speak to the general population, you know, for the people who are out there, they're having their families, they have their careers, they have their business, whatever it is. The mindset shift that keeps them, a lot of them going in my experience is understanding the value of their health, not only to themselves, but to the people that they serve around. When you make, when you connect the dots that the way that you behave as a parent, your children are passively observing that. They are learning from passive, seeing your behaviors, by seeing how you react to stressful environments. You go and grab a, a burger or a cupcake or whatever. When that becomes apparent to you, you're aware of it, then it makes it very, very easy if you are, a, I mean, if you are, I want to see it very a healthy good person right and want best for your kids if you that is your goal then you would want to be able to nix behavior you want to be able to take that so that's one thing you know and as i want to say as a person who is running their business i mean you know if you are not having the energy for your day if you are showing up to work and i mean you're functioning just as easier than the people that you're paying to work right you know I, to some extent i believe in business you you gotta lead from the front um if you're a leader if you're a manager right never ask someone to do something that you would do yourself so if you're not in the position to be able to execute at a high level then you're at a disadvantage because if the people that will work for you are going to be attracted to the person who is at the top and if the top is a low quality person, if the top is not a person who is a high performer, you're not going to attract high performance, right? You're going to attract mediocrity. So that's another thing with respect to business. And then um, another thing is just generally speaking relationships, you know, in today's day and age, especially with the way America is set up right now, to my knowledge, 42% of America is obese. Almost three quarters of the country is overweight. Uh, it's estimated by 2030, 50% of America will be obese. That's that's a statistic. It's in the New, New England Journal of Medicine. So that's something to really be aware of. And with that, you know, 
it's it's not something that we can escape from that having that physical healthy appearance is a huge part of attraction huge part huge part and i i don't want to make any you know correlations that are not necessarily linked but i think that a big part of why america also has a 50 percent divorce rate is uh, a part of people not being able to take care of the health because when you look at someone who doesn't take care of the health what is it they don't take responsibility for themselves they don't take responsibility for uh people are on it because if you can't take care of yourself who can you take care of right and i think that ties into a lot of relationship problems in the long term and um that that's something that if you are aware of you would definitely want to avoid so once people become aware of those things you know how it affects their relationships how it affects their family how it affects their business their career once you become aware of that then you are going to have drive and the impetus to keep going, despite how difficult it might seem in the moment. You know, when you're on the treadmill, you're running, lifting weights, whatever it is, you're skipping, you're, you're avoiding the, the donut, and you're going to go for that that nice chicken breast salad, whatever it is. Right? In those moments when it feels so hard and so difficult to go with the less Less, I want to say rewarding or the easier traits. Having that top of mind, reason why you're doing it. I think that's that's probably the best way to put it. Having a strong purpose, having a strong why, right? Doing it for your family, doing it for your business, doing it for your relationship. Once you have that top of mind, you keep going. And that's yeah, that's it's as simple as that. Yeah, at that like point, that. it's no longer, you know, it's no longer, how can I make this easier for myself? What's a quick fix? It's like, at that point, all right, this needs to happen. I'm going to make it happen no matter what, right? So as you keep trying a million different things, you'll fail. But, you know, you know that, hey, if I don't do this, then my business is going to suffer. My kids are going to suffer. You know, my marriage is going to suffer. And that's, that's something big to pay for. Right? That's a big thing. <laughs> if you sacrifice that just because you can't get your, your health in order, then, um, you know, it's not it's not looking like a bright future for you. So to wrap this up, man, how can people connect with you? What's the best place to find you? Best place to find me is on Twitter. That's where I'm most active. So you can find me at the war English. And then you could also find me on Instagram at the same name. I will be starting on YouTube soon enough. Um, I intend to do that next month. So I will be posting more long-form cotton content on the realm of health, uh, fitness, fat loss, longevity, even building muscle, all that. And um, yeah, those are the three main platforms. More will be coming soon, but for now, those those are the direct uh, areas you can get. All right, awesome. Yeah, be sure to check him out. Uh, it was uh, really great having him on the show today. Yeah, appreciate but, you guys having me. All right, catch y'all next week.